Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast episode 97. My name is Jeff. Here with me today is Nathan Wagner. Heydy, howdy, hody, hi. <laughs> All right, Woody. Uh, <laughs> also with us is Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Rob, so we good, missed um, you. So You've been gone you. a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a crazy time of life. Yeah, <laughs> yep, we understand. Well, we missed you very much on the show. Just want you to know that. The listeners miss you. We've missed you. And it's great to have you here because we are going to be starting our top 100 video games list today. So, Rob, Nathan and I have been deliberating for hours and having thoughtful consideration and conversations. And we have uh, narrowed down all of our personal taste to the top 100 games of all time. So This is for why? Why are we doing a top 100 list? This is episode 97. We are only a few episodes away from episode 100. So the plan is, episode 100, we will hit you guys with the top 25 games of all time. And we're going to be kind of breaking them into segments the next couple weeks. So today, we're just going to be hitting uh, games 100 through 75. So kind of the bottom quarter yeah. of the top yep. 100. Spoilers, number one is Nancy Drew, Ghost Dogs <laughs> of Moon Lake. <laughs> well, no one's going to listen to the show anymore. They already know the winner. I know, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so look forward to that. That will be our second segment today. We'll also give you guys some uh, brief E3 predictions since that is happening next week. This time next week, guys, we'll know pretty much everything that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony and everyone else has to announce. So exciting time to Ooh. be a gamer. Um but there has been a lot of news this last week. It seems like the new thing is every company's trying to kind of get out in front of E3, you know, make a little splash and make some announcements. Um, and one of them being uh, Bungie. They kind of unveiled the full Destiny 2 Forsaken expansion, which is coming this fall. Um, and Nathan was actually kind of joking with me last night. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if it launched on the same day as Spider-Man, like your most you know, anticipated game? And it almost is. It's three days before on September 4th. So, <laughs> it's a little, so which little one are crazy. you going to choose, Jeffrey? I know. So I'm going to have to you know, save up my gift card money and figure out how, how I can afford both those games in the same week. Yeah. But uh, anyway, September 4th, you know, that's relatively soon, about three, three months from now. Um, and basically wow. what is going to be happening in this expansion is it will be a $40 expansion, which we expected. That was, you know, the big year two expansion that came with destiny one with the taking king um but the interesting thing is that i will also have a 30 dollars annual pass so we don't know all the details about this pass yet but the 40 dollars expansion is pretty much giving you um, access to all the new contents there's two new destinations to go to which you know is two new worlds which is normally you just get one for an expansion so that's really cool then one of the worlds is basically going to be a raid destination and so this is a giant new destination that is it was literally designed they said to just really house a giant raid filled with puzzles and they are promising that it will change week to week so like you come to it you know a couple weeks after the game's launched and areas and things in the game that world will actually be different which destiny's never really done a ton of before but you know mmos have been doing that for forever yeah, that, that's exciting. I'm still salty on Destiny Destiny Raids right now. From but, last night. From last night. <laughs> we'll get to another topic. Show. Yeah. Um, so $40 expansion gets you know all your main contents. You know, the, the main stories are going back to the Reef. You're fighting eight different <clears throat> barons. They're adding a new enemy type, which is much needed for Destiny. They're called the Scorn. Um, and the $30 annual pass, I think, is kind of replacing the season pass that was kind of before, where you kind of got one or two expansions in the year. Uh, but like I said, I don't know about, much about that. I think the, one of the most exciting things is there's a new PVE mode called Gambit. Have you guys uh, looked looked it up, the news on Gambit today? No. Uh, I did. It looks really <laughs> cool. So basically Gambit is PVE slash PVP because it's basically two different fire teams, right? Yeah, two different And they're fire fighting teams basically uh, like horde mode almost. Like it's waves of enemies, correct? Yep. But – they're fighting against another team. Yeah, it's basically like a competitive like horde mode where your team's trying to defeat monsters, pick up things, get points as quickly as you can. And basically you're picking up a little currency that enemies drop, putting them in a bank, and that's going to cause things to spawn in your enemy's arena that is you know in a different area from yours. And so you're kind of indirectly fighting each other. And then the neat thing is, is you can actually directly fight each other. If you activate a certain thing or you know get a certain bonus, defeat a certain enemy... 
um, you will actually be able to jump into a portal to the other team's area and just literally blow up the other team, like the other human players on the team. So like, it really is a mix of you're fighting enemies, but you're also fighting against other human players at the same time. So it looks really, really cool. This is kind of the big new mode they're touting. So I'm excited to see um, more about the Gambit mode, yeah. which sounds like, like a, a really neat idea. And also you don't have to get the, is this the one that you don't have to get Forsaken to um, get access to? They haven't to? officially confirmed or, that yet. But, but there's rumors about that yeah, or something? I, I'm guessing since it is kind of a PvP mode, it will be available for everyone. So a lot of the updates they're doing this fall are for everyone. Yeah. Like they're having collections finally, which as a collector, I'm so excited because you can finally see checklists you know, of every single thing you have and what you don't have, how to get them. So they're just, they literally said they're making this expansion for the Destiny you know, community. People like who love a, Destiny, the hobbyists, unlike... Vanilla Destiny 2, which was made, you know, to bring in a new audience. So yeah. that's like a collector's dream, right there. I know exactly. I've been waiting for this. I put it on Twitter. I've been waiting for this for four years. Like I can finally, you know, see what I have, what I don't have, and you know how to how to get the ones I don't. But uh, other than that, um, they're switching loadouts, so you can switch your loadouts out how anywhere you want. So this said you can run with three shotguns if you want to, <laughs> or like you know do do crazy loadouts, which should be fun to mess around with. They're bringing random rolls back. Um, they're adding in legendary bows so you can fire like space laser bows instead of like machine guns, which sounds pretty cool. Be fun to mess around with. Sounds like about like they're kind of going off of a lot of the really popular games right now with like Horizon Zero Dawn and Assassin's Creed Origins, both having bow combat being really featured. Yeah, well, I I think they've done pretty much everything they can done with like a gun. With like guns we have and lasers like and that. every yeah. different possible archetype of gun, but nothing is really like a bow and arrow. So I think that's kind of a good move. They're kind of just going and above. And they've done swords and axes and stuff too. Yeah, so this is exactly. new weapon type. I mean, that does make sense that they would do. They would add them in. Do you think they'll be stealthy or do you think they'll just be like this loud, like, um, <laughs> I, I think some of them might be a little stealthy, but some of them might be a little more over the top, you know, <laughs> shoot multiple arrows at once or something. But Or like explosive um, arrows or yeah, something like that. Yeah, the last main thing I wanted to say about Destiny 2 Forsaken um, is they're adding in nine new super abilities, which is kind of a big deal because imagine supers are, you know, your most powerful move your guardian can do. And ever since Destiny 1, your guardian's only been able to do three uh, different moves for each class. So, so that's nine super. Destiny total. 1, yep, had a total of nine. It started with, I think, only six, and it added they up added to nine. More, yep. They brought pretty much all those over for Destiny 2. They basically added in two or three new ones for destiny two. They kind of switched them out, but still only nine in destiny two. So effectively like doubling the amount of supers we've ever seen in destiny, which looks amazing because like, for example, one of them is kind of like a force lightning and now changes to like a force, like laser beam that just goes all the way through levels. You can get like a massive hammer ax thing now that's different. So it looks like they're just adding a ton more customization and you know, they're just going way crazier. You can you them. can complain and say all oh, all these features should have been there at the beginning and stuff. And yeah, some of that may be true, but it's good to see Destiny Two is shaping up to be a solid overall game. You know, took a year to get there, but it's looking like it's uh, rounding the corner. It's on their almost basically just going back to Destiny One, like especially they're reverting with the, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. with the like re-rolled perks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like. Because that was a big thing in Destiny 2. Oh, you're not going to have to grind for every time you get the same gun. Like, it's just the same. Now, it'll go back to the way it was in They'll be bringing one, back a lot which of grinding. <laughs> excited a lot of people, but also frustrated some people. So, Well, I, I think it's good on Bungie because you don't see developers in a sequel often, you know, make a really big change and shift, you know, a big part of the game. And then go, okay, you know, didn't work. Community wants the other way. We're going to completely yes. blow everything up and go back to, you know, a way that the community like more so yeah they're good on them for listening to their fans listening to the community and doing that and they even said their goal is to be 100 percent more transparent and communicate better so um hopefully you know it it looks like uh it's a good time to be a destiny fan this fall so yeah i think it'll be fun i'm a little less excited to play it because there's so many other games out in september i'm like it's getting busy (laughs) can it just come out like even if it came out in august or something like that that would be great to get some time to play in there so uh, for me we'll it's see. like right when school starts too like that and spider-man are both coming out I'm like i want a game to play this summer no. yeah yeah especially as a teacher yep um anyways um next news piece kind of sad news um best buy announced the end of their gamers club uh benefits program which nathan what is the gamers club so gamers club is basically this thing where you could spend 30 dollars by a two-year membership and this membership gave you access to uh 
basically a lot of different cool freebies. The best one was you got 20% off on all new games, whether the game was brand new or if the game was 10 years old and it was on sale for like $5, you'd get 20% off that $5. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You also got, uh, I think it was like 10% more on trade-ins and stuff like that. So you got 10%. Yeah. A C- couple other perks, but the main was the 20% off. So. Yeah. You, know, you could buy a game like God of War, you know, brand new, just came out, sixty dollars, get it for about forty eight bucks. Which, you know, if you buy three or four full price games a year, it totally pays itself off. Yeah, and it's, it's two deal. years long. So if you if you buy at least, I think it's like three games in two years, uh, three new games, it pays for itself. Yeah. So yeah. amazing deal, especially if you know are a gamer or a collector, or you like you know good deals because it would stack with sales. But basically, they're not letting people sign up anymore. They just out of the blue said, nope. No, no more new signups. They're still honoring people who have that membership, but you're not going to be able to renew it anymore. So I'm kind of glad because I kind of stocked up with a couple extra years, and so I'm good for next two years or so. But I, I'm, I am really curious to see how long they honor it. Like I saw a couple people had like, oh yeah, I've got years up to like 2025 and stuff oh, wow. like that, <laughs> and I can't imagine them honoring it that long. But yeah, I, I think know. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think they'll honor it. Maybe a year or I wonder, two, year, two years at most, probably. And then after mm-hmm. that, they'll say, hey, we'll refund you your money on that. Sorry. I wonder what the purpose of this is, like, them ending it. Because it's, it's kind of – it's a super cool program, and so many people really like it. But are they just not getting enough it, money in from yeah, it, it? or they It just... had to have been losing them money. I think they were yeah. losing losing money. Because, I, I, I mean, I think you, you do this program because you want to get people into Best Buy. And then they'll kind of be like, oh, I'm in Best Buy. I'm going to – impulse buy this thing and this thing that i see or oh you know i go to best buy all the time next time i buy a fridge i'm gonna get from best buy because i just go there to get games yeah exactly yeah but i think a lot of the people who are smart enough to sign up and use a gamers club membership (laughs) are smart enough to be like (laughs) hey i'm just going in to pick up this one game i'm not going to do anything else that's how you and me have used it yeah i feel yeah yeah i think i've bought a movie at best buy besides yeah besides games that's pretty much all i do so I think it's really sad. I saw some people speculating online that people are like, oh, maybe Best Buy is going to close. Like maybe this is the forestalling to them. I don't think so. No. Closing. We'll see. Amazon no. is really taking over. Well, I think the other sad thing is this will probably definitely lead to Amazon canceling their 20% off. Yeah. It forced some as good well. competition for Amazon and other retailers to you know offer some better deals. So um, overall, sad to see it go. But if you're still a club member, at least until they're out of your membership, it's looking like you can still – get that benefit um, for a game. So like I just pre-ordered Mario Tennis Aces and I still got the 20% off. 20%. So yeah. that is oh, nice. nice. But uh, yeah. So let us know what you think about Gamers Club for Best Buy Leaving. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. Um, so Nathan, uh, there's been a ton of news there's been on a- <laughs> like everything like pre-E3. Like I've never remembered this much pre-E3 news. Before. No, there's been so many companies yeah. like, hey, we don't want to get lost in the shuffle. So we're going to announce our thing now. And um, kind of the, one of the bigger ones is uh, one of the bigger companies, PlayStation. Um, they announced, I believe it was on Tuesday or Monday, that uh, leading up to three, E3, basically every day starting uh, Wednesday, June 6th until their presentation on Monday, June 11th, they have a new PlayStation-related announcement. So, like, a couple of them, <laughs> they'll be announcing brand-new PlayStation 4 games that we've never seen before. A couple of them are PSVR games. They're going to announce mm-hmm. a release date for a anticipated PlayStation title. Um, so just be on the – this is – Look out for those. Um, kind of every day, there'll be something to look forward to. It's almost like an E3 yeah, advent tomorrow. calendar or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> E3 cool. advent calendar. Yeah, totally. You get a new thing every day. You can be excited about it. Um, I just think this I is... I feel cool. like we should market that. E3 advent calendars. Yes. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll put the copyright claim in and uh, we can That's how we're going to pay for our podcast. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Rob, you're in charge of business. Yeah, I so like if, it. If you are a PlayStation fan, definitely uh, you know keep an eye on the uh, internet. You know, next couple days could have some uh, fun announcements in before the show, and you know, Fallout announce a new game that we'll see more at E3. You know, there's been games like Hitman 2 and a new Assassin's Creed that have both gotten leaked and confirmed and stuff. So, lots of new games out there. There'll be a lot to talk about next week on next week's show for sure. Since when has an Assassin's Creed game not been leaked? That is true. That is a good point, Rob. <laughs> it's everyone has been leaked. I never so. like blink an eye. I never point, see that. I at this point, I I full heartedly believe that Assassin's Creed, like Ubisoft leaks these on purpose. <laughs> Like they have a marketing guy whose full job, full time job, is to leak. Here's the deal: if you're gonna leak a new Assassin's Creed game, though, don't leak it with like crappy merchandise from GameStop that someone's gonna buy for a dollar. Yeah, it was like a key. Do a cool leak. Yeah. 
But he just needs to make it look like he doesn't work for Ubisoft, but in reality, he's a Ubisoft employee. <laughs> All right. Like a casual. Well, we'll have to see. All right. So that wraps up our news segment. We'll be talking next week, like I said, mostly about news and all the exciting E3 announcements. Um, so our main segment today, we're going to be giving you guys um, basically our first quarter of our top 100 games list. So we're going to start things off with uh, game well, well, 100 just a little, here. But little specul- little specification before we get started a little disclaimer because this is our personal list this isn't like a like a sponsored list or anything and this is based off of games that the three of us have played yes yes so So, we're not including something like gta 5 because neither none of us have put significant amount of time into that or like world of warcraft we know that's one of the biggest games of all time but like none of us have put more than like you know a couple weeks into that game and can't really speak to that experience. So, so this is a personal list. We you will disagree with us at some point. <laughs> Probably yeah. right away. Yes. Yeah, um, we also did not put any remasters on the list. We figured, you know, games should be good enough the first time around. And we didn't put any, like, collections. So, like, for example, there's a couple Uncharted games on the list, but we didn't put the Uncharted, you know, trilogy. And we just listed the games that we thought deserved to be in the top 100. Um, mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yes. Sorry. Um, so, starting it off, game number 100 the 100th best game of all time is lord of the rings the third age this is the console edition and i played it a little bit i know rob and nathan you guys played this game a ton you guys both beat it and this is a huge game like it came on yeah. two discs two for discs the GameCube. for the game yep i remember <laughs> so that. talk about why this game deserves to be on our list real quickly we're going to try to keep each game about 40 seconds or so here so we don't go too long so this game is just such a iconic uh kind of lord of the rings type uh game because even though it didn't use any of the main characters you were following in the journey of the main characters and the gameplay was fun it was turn-based it was kind of like fire emblem kind of a lot you know that fantasy almost too final fantasy type turn-based uh you know tactical system but it just was fun if and it was very satisfying gameplay yeah I re- I like it because I really enjoyed the different perspective. Like you said, Rob, you don't play as any of the main characters like from the movie or anything like that, but then you get to interact with them and kind of create your own party yeah. to follow through. and Did some cool yeah, stuff meet, with the lore. Yeah, meet them in different mm-hmm. stories, and it did some cool stuff with the lore from the books as well. So yeah. it's so, a great art. I don't like turn-based RPGs, and it made me play <laughs> well, I was surprised you complete told me you, you beat a the whole turn-based thing. RPG. Um, yeah. All right, so game number 99, moving on. We have Fire Emblem Awakening. This is for the uh, 3DS, and this is my favorite personal Fire Emblem game just because not only was it so well-made from like the cutscenes and the game design and like the art and everything, but like um, it really had a ton of content like i thought i beat the game halfway through and it's like oh no you're only halfway through the game there's a whole nother you know segment to the game so there's a lot to do in this game as well yeah there is and it had the branching storylines which is normal in fire emblem you could um, marry your characters and then they would have children which was a neat aspect so you can kind of almost like create characters for your party and you and also like this was the game that made fire emblem accessible for people you had yeah. the option to play without permadeath, which a lot of people is like, no, you can't do that. But I played without permadeath and really enjoyed this game and wouldn't have enjoyed it. I played with permadeath and I enjoyed it until I died 45 times in the same level. So yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> pick your poison there. Yeah, this was one of the best. All right. Um, number 98, we have the original Donkey Kong um, arcade game. So this is, you know, the first really Shigeru Miyamoto um Real Nintendo, you know, IP that was published in arcades. You play as Jumpman. You're trying to take down DKs. He's throwing the barrels at you. And this game, I think, just kind of still stands up today as one of the greatest arcade games of all time. I mean, people are still talking about this game today, you know, with Billy Mitchell and setting high scores and stuff like that. So I just think that this is one of the greatest arcade games of all time. And we don't have a ton of super old games from the 80s on our list here. But uh, this is definitely one of those games, I think. This one deserves to be on there. Yeah, for sure. So, the original Donkey Kong Arcade. Um, number 97? I'm already getting mixed up here. Yes, number 97. <laughs> uh, we have SSX Tricky for the uh, Nintendo GameCube. We... Uh, Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> I talk. So, we, we kind of debated back and forth between this one and 1080 Snowboarding just to side be this one was just more fun to play. It had better gameplay. It was exciting. It had a lot mm. of fun. 
uh, mountains was, that you was could more, do. More arcadey, yeah. right? 1080 was, was very, very realistic. Arcade, yeah. This one was yeah. more just, hey, go off a jump, you fly 500 feet, up your tricky and meter, flip trying and... to get as, it as high as possible. Yeah, it made, made it more video gamey. So it was way more. Yeah, fun. it was way more fun and just kind of exciting to play and, and put you a could lot play of as a guy with this. a giant bright orange afro, which was awesome. So yes, <laughs> which pretty much ridiculous sells it. characters. Cool, Rob. What was '96? So '96 is The Sims Three. The Sims 3, uh, the reason we put this one on here rather than, you know, Sims 2 or Sims 1 or 4 uh, was because this one took a lot of the features that were in the first and second game and just really polished them to a point where it was enjoyable gameplay. Um, and we feel like the Sims are an, I, they're an iconic series. And to pick one is very challenging, but the Sims three is the one that I've put the most hours into that I enjoy the most out of all of them. Yeah. Just the freedom and amount of choice you have in these games. Just do tons of ridiculous stuff makes it, you know, a game that everyone has probably played at once. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. And lots of people who don't enjoy kind of normal video games have played the Sims and yeah. really had a lot of fun with it. It's too. almost kind of like an early, yeah. like kind of casual mobile game type game. Like that anyone, anyone kind of got into. Sure. Yeah. Very accessible. Great. Number 95 is NFL Blitz 2002, as the in-game announcer says Wait, it. they really said 2002? They say 2002, yeah. This is like totally, you know, midway, arcadey. Gosh. You know, I think so it has the good. NBA Jam announcer in it, you know, just like total over the top. Um, and this game is probably my favorite football game of all time. Um, you can play four players on it, which is, you know, awesome. Just like the original um, NFL Blitz. And you can just go off for insane you know 80 yard plays every other play um and it just was really fun because you could also play as different like mascots and like you could play as the miami dolphin or the ram or an eagle and it still is just a really solid overall arcade experience today so i just love how arcadey the tackles and everything were like you could yeah, like yeah, yeah. hurl you know hurdle over people and then they would like catch you and just slam you to the ground yep. and stuff it was super fun just pounding people for 10 seconds after the play is after over the play is, is the over. best part <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, next, number 94 is Mario and Luigi, Partners in Time. This is the second game in the Mario and Luigi series for the Nintendo DS. Yep, and the reason I really enjoyed this game was because two things. One, the gameplay, it's a party-based you know, RPG, but instead of just do it, selecting your attacks and doing them, it has timing mechanics. So if you want to attack with um, Mario's hammer, you press and hold the A button until a little meter gets to a certain point, and the release it and depending on how good your timing is it either does a more powerful attack or a less less powerful attack um so that really made me be like oh i can enjoy and play a turn-based rpg which i usually don't yeah enjoy. and it's yeah. you know it's really funny it doesn't take itself seriously yeah the writing is it, hilarious it introduces mario baby mario and baby luigi into the game as like former selves of themselves so like you're like traveling with a younger baby version of yourself and luigi's just trying not to make his younger self cry the entire time so it's it's good fun uh really good pixel art as well yep um so at, or number 94 is uh, 93 93 excuse yep. me is uh burnout to revenge which we i think we've dubbed the best burnout game of all time right yeah <laughs> uh, that is my personal favorite yeah i i think overall burnout 2 really made what burnout is known for to be so fun with the crash mode and then being able to you know take down other people while you're racing and doing those different things while you know the other burnout games kind of refine those as well but burnout 2 i still think is overall from top to bottom just one of the most fun experiences you can have with the series and i mm-hmm. uh, had lots of multiplayer stuff to mess around with as well yeah the rev- like the takedown being able to take down other cars during the race like blew my mind the first time i saw it yeah, it kind of made the it kind of made that iconic for the series. Doing all that and all the other games built upon what this one established. Yep. All right, our next game is uh, one Nathan really enjoyed. So I'll yes. let you introduce uh, this one. So this is number ninety two. Ninety one. This is ninety one. Yes. Okay. Wait. Are you sure? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ninety two. You are correct. Uh, ninety two. <laughs> so. Number 92 is Madden 2005. If you can't remember the years, this is the one with Ray Lewis on the cover. And the two things this did for the Madden series is it introduced, it really put an emphasis on playing defense and trying to really give you the ability to stop the offensive player. Uh, it also introduced the hit stick, where 
if you timed your hit right, you could do a big hit and make the other player fumble a ball or make them drop a, a ball they were trying to catch if you were playing defense. And if you're on offense, you could truck them and knock them down and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, like the hit stick? Is mm-hmm. that, the, is that yeah. the one they added? Yeah. This is the one that, that added the hit stick. Oh, yeah, it. great choice then. <laughs> yeah, it's it was one of the the best ones to play. It may, it, you know, All the other ones have just been trying to copy what it did. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Uh, Rob, do you want to tell us about number 91? All right, so NBA 2K11 is number 91, and this was kind of the one that made the, the 2K series the biggest and the best one. NBA Sim series. Yeah, it, it makes it... It had the best graphics of the time. It had the best gameplay. Like, you actually felt like you were playing a game of basketball. Unlike a lot of, you know, NBA games before this, it really took the, the level up and just made it super fun I, i'm trying to remember who was on the cover of this one it was uh, michael jordan one right? yeah this was the one that had yeah. jordan on the cover and the reason i put it as my favorite 2k game of all time is because it had the kind of michael jordan special mode where it gave yeah. you all these different kind of options you could play through of michael jordan uh in different parts of his career and you had to try and recreate yeah, um, recreate those iconic moments yeah mj moments and basically mj and hadn't really you... ever been in the games before too so yeah no this exciting. was the first time he ever gave his license to be in the game and then if you did all of those things then you could uh get a like 20 year old michael jordan and start a new franchise with him <laughs> that's awesome um which was kind of just a neat little thing. bonus yeah Cool. Nothing right. beats playing Michael Jordan on the Lakers. <laughs> Game number 90 is Marvel versus Capcom 2, A New Age of Heroes. Um, this is one of the greatest fighting games of all time, in my opinion, mostly because of the character roster. There are some just insane deep cuts in both the Marvel and Capcom side of like characters. Um, you could play as Thanos in this game before most people knew who Thanos was. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, you could team up with Spider-Man, Venom, and Ryu from Street Fighter and go on and fight people. It's three-on-three fighting. The all 50-plus characters are hand-drawn animation style uh, with kind of 3D background. So it was just really, really beautiful-looking game at the time. It still holds up really well today with the, the 2D animated sprites. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really, really love this, this game. This one had one of the biggest and best rosters just overall out yeah. of all the Marvel versus Capcom games. and had some of the best fighting just controls yeah for sure you can just do insane combos with this game they get up into like the hundreds of hits so yeah um, definitely a lot of fun to play and mess around with um so first game in the 80s uh game number 89 is mario tennis 64 which um, was this the first like mario sports second game? technically second technically uh, okay. because mario tennis originally came out in the virtual boy but if you don't count that uh, uh. It's, it's pretty much yeah the first really big one that really started all the mario sport games and it was just a solid game there was over 20 playable characters in the game which was a lot for you know an arcade sports game with mario like you know Mario. this 64 is where the had... wonderful waluigi got his start is it's that correct true. Yeah, this is waluigi's is. origin because wario needed a doubles partner for the <laughs> opening cinematic against mario and luigi um so waluigi's in this game had an insane amount of content with tons of different courts they had more arcade modes you could play um but the competitive nature of this game still holds up today like i can play this game with my brother and like we still have the muscle memory of these games we just have insane like three minute long rallies you know and so it just still plays and really holds up well today and i think is probably the best tennis game ever made so um that is yeah, mario that, tennis that for n64 true. yeah although we haven't seen mario aces yet but mario tennis 64 was probably all-time favorite yeah, we'll, we'll have to see if aces takes that i was i was pretty impressed by the online the, beta the this demo weekend. was fun yeah, yeah. Um, so, game number 88 is Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. Um, I think this is the best Kirby game because it includes, like, five games in one. Like, there's a ton to do, yeah. and almost all of them are multiplayer as well, which was a first for Kirby. You never really could play co-op before. And so, just because it's co-op and there was so much to do in there um, is why I think this game deserves to be in our list. Yeah, and the game was really, really good-looking, like, especially at the time. Yeah. Um, the sprite art was really well done, and I... You just adorable. The powers were really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So co-op it, was awesome. Great game. That one of the modes was the Great Cave Offensive, and it was kind of almost like an early Smash Bros. Because people made this game ended up making Smash Bros. And they had mashups of all these random Nintendo items for you to find in like a cave. Like you could find Captain Falcon's ship and like Samus's helmet and like Mario Star. So it was really cool to see kind of the Nintendo really referencing across other franchises for the first time. Um, 
So, number 87, F-Zero GX, one of my yeah, favorite personal games of all time, right here. We, we gave you this one, Jeff. <laughs> Fire away. We'll close our ears. <laughs> no, this game is the best F-Zero game, and I think the best futuristic racer ever made. Like, it's better than any Wipeout or, you know, Red Out, Pod Racer. Like, F-Zero GX um, had a stunning amount of tracks. Every level had its own um music and theme that really built the world around it there's 30 different over 30 different racers there was a whole cinematic story mode that had varying degrees of difficulty you could create your own uh vehicle and make your own parts and customize the paint paint jobs and also had you know four player multiplayer and you know still runs and looks beautiful to this day in 60 frames per second and what really makes f-zero stand out from most other racing games i think is the attack mechanics and it really awards you to be aggressive and ram into other cars and knock them out and um do that risk because if you actually destroy a car in f-zero it gains health back to you to boost and so um yeah f-zero gx you guys know i love that game we can move on (laughs) game number 86 guitar hero 3 one of the best guitar hero games of all time like by here by far the best one yeah yeah, I think had the song selection. This was the one that was like on the Wii and everything else because the first two I think were only on PS2. Yes, this yeah. was on really all the 360 Wii, PS3, that whole generation. And this was, I think, Guitar Hero at its peak was Guitar Hero 3 mm-hmm. through the fire and the flames. That was in this game, you know, the insane challenge of people oh, being able man, to beat yeah. that. And I, I've wasted so many hours <clears throat> in Guitar Hero 3. Like, I, uh, I played that game so much just all the time. Yeah, it had some fun modes. It was a good party game to just bust out the controllers and see who could get carpal tunnel first. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, blisters on your thumbs. Uh, but yeah, Guitar Hero Three, I think, still one of the best rhythm games um, ever made. Um, game number eighty-five, Mario Party Two. This game de- deserves to be on this list just because you can dress up in costumes when you're on the board. Yeah, <laughs> you play the space board like all the characters in little like astronaut outfits, and like it's adorable. But why do you guys like Mario Party Two? It's by far the one that I put the most time into. Um, I played a little bit of Mario One and Three, Mario Party One and Three, back on the sixty-four generations. But Mario Party Two, I just put so much time into, and uh, even have played it within the last six months with my brothers. Nice. And just it's just fun gameplay, fun fun characters, fun everything. Fun to fight with your friends over. Best. Yep. Mini games. Yeah. Good yeah. mini games for sure. Um, so game number 84 is Minecraft. Now, this is a game I've kind of only really played in the educational setting. Okay. I've, I've taught a class at my school where I've messed around with students on some servers and give them different projects and engineering. And I just love how it really fosters creativity. And there's this, what seems like a very simple surface up front. There's all these coding and engineering deep down beneath the surface that really makes Minecraft a game that can be super deep and have a lot of really neat learning experiences for kids especially. And I think it's secretly a really good multiplayer game because yeah, you totally. go on a server and play like with three or four of your friends and you're whether you're playing survival or creative, you're all trying to accomplish something and you can work together or go and destroy your friend's house and then he'll get mad at you <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. What I love about Minecraft is just the creativity that's come out of it. You you go on any forums and you can see people's artwork and what they've built and constructed, like recreated the entire like entire continents or recreated the entire Legend of Zelda game and Yeah. You the, know, so the possibilities are endless, as they say, right? All yeah. right. So game number eighty three is the Oregon Trail. You've died of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this game still, you know, we still remember all these quotes, you know, like you died of dysentery and all these different, you know, parts of this game. And this was really one of the first big educational games, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I really liked it because it did a really smart job of kind of managing your resources. You had limited resources. You had to be smart with the decisions you made. Yeah. And early survival. How game. much you wanted to risk, basically. Um, how many party members you were willing to kill off for the betterment of everyone else. <laughs> Yep, so Oregon Trail, you know, classic. Um, you can, I think, play that game for free online and stuff if you've never played it. So, well, a lot of yep. fun uh, with that game. Um, so, next game is number 82, and this would be Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64. This was kind of almost, in a way, like a competitor to Mario Kart 64, but not really because it was published by Nintendo. Um, but I think what made this game stand out for Mario Kart is it not only had carts, but also had airplanes and hovercrafts and boss battles and an adventure mode as well so 
Really, which a lot more actually, content than Mario Kart. Which has actually inspired a lot of the uh, later Mario games with the gliders and the boats and everything like that. But this this was just a fun game to play because it. it the characters were different. They weren't the normal Nintendo characters, as well as just the different style of the adventure modes and boss battles and stuff just made it very unique. Yeah, there was tons of cool secrets hidden in the, the world as well. It was a lot of fun. Not many kart racer games have been fun to play single player, but this one was, was one of them. So. Yes. Pretty yeah. cool. Um, so our next game on the list, this is game number 81, is Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. This one may be like my most played GameCube game of all time behind maybe melee this, I put so much time into this game because um, they have a little thing called chow in this game, <laughs> which you guys know how much fun it is to have these little cute virtual pets called chow. And when you play levels, you can upgrade them and have them, you know, do karate matches and races. And for some reason, this is like really the only like pet simulator that I've ever been addicted to was like the chow garden. <laughs> and I would love to see it return. Cause it never, they never done anything since that game, but that was really a uh, big popular feature, but yeah, overall, I don't think, a really fun game. I think most of us never actually made it to the main game. We just played the challenge. <laughs> no, how, yeah, I, how, I played through the main game. I, there, there was a lot of really good challenge in there. Um, not all the levels were created equal. I will say like the Sonic levels were the best. And like, <laughs> it forced you to play as like a mech with like tails and stuff, which, you know, treasure hunting is knuckles, not as much fun, but overall, I think this is probably my favorite Sonic game. Just cause I have so many good memories playing it growing up. Yeah. Um, so game number 80 is Yoshi's Island. This is what we decided is the best Yoshi game. It deserves spot number 80 on our list. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about this one, this was the Miyamoto game. And he basically said, hey, I want to do a totally different art style. Use, you know, the Super FX ship to do some crazy stuff that's never been possible on, you know, a 16-bit game before. And make a totally different type of Mario game. And really, like, we haven't seen the Mario franchise stray too far from its platforming other than this Yoshi's uh, Island, like the Yoshi game. So um, just a really cool idea that was a lot different from what we've seen at the time. And I think still... Yeah, the platforming was more about collecting things, right? Yeah, there's no timer. Yeah. You're not just trying to get to end the level. It's more about finding and exploring. So it almost kind of took, you know, almost kind of like a Metroid or Donkey Kong approach where you're trying to find all the collectibles rather than just speed run through the level like most Mario games. Yeah. What are you laughing about? Uh, the fact that this game was created because Miyamoto was mad at Donkey Kong <laughs> Country. Yes. No. Yeah. He's like, I can do better than those fancy 3D models you have by doing a beautiful 2D game. And uh, yeah, it turned out pretty good. Yep. Um, so game, first game in the 70s. This is 79. Game, game number 79. I'll let Rob announce this one because I know he's been waiting right. for us to get here. I have been. I've been dying for this one. Assassin's <laughs> Creed Origins. Um the reason, you know, we had to put a couple of Assassin's Creed games on here, not and they're not just humoring me, but <laughs> no, it's a, it's Assassin's Creed game. Origins is absolutely gorgeous. The combat is very fluid. It, it's a fun game. Storyline-wise, it's not the best Assassin's Creed game, but it definitely has some likable features. I really enjoy the main character and some of the characters involved, um, and it is it's just been a very it's a very large world um which is actually one of the reasons why it's a little bit lower on the list than maybe some of the other assassin's creed games because it is so big it is very overwhelming at times but my my favorite thing about this game is the educational uh side of it like yeah i literally just went through tours of the pyramids and all these different places in egypt and like they just gave me like real facts and real photos and like they did their research and recreated, you know, Egypt on how it would have looked back then. So just kind of that cool history side of glimpsing into the world from the past, I think is what made this game uh, so awesome for me. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on game number 78, 78, 78 is gears of war three. No, this is 77. 77? Yes. No, it's no, 78. It's Stop it was 76. Stop it was 76. Oh, that's right. Thank um, you. So Gears of War 3, um, Xbox 360 was kind of the end of the main trilogy with Marcus Phoenix on um, the original Xbox 360. And Gears 1, you know, was amazing at the time. You know, first really big HD Unreal Engine 3 game. And then, you know, Gears 2 was good, added Horde mode. But Gears 3 was really the culmination of everything that made Gears of War so fun. It wrapped up the story, had an awesome campaign. The Horde mode is really what made this game so amazing. And it's still memorable for, like, Kind of perfected Horde mode. 
Yeah. That's my confession. I actually have not played the main campaign for Gears of War 3, but I've probably put in 20 or 30 hours into Horde mode. <laughs> and there I think go. that's Lobbyl's experience. That was where they spent most of this time. I did play a lot of the online multiplayer at the time as well. Like I, I remember having a lot of fun with that. It's a really fun yeah. team, team. Oh, yeah, that was game. super fun. Um, so if you're matched up, you know, a couple of friends going online, that, that was always a lot of fun. But yeah, that Horde mode is still one of the best, you know, multiplayer co-op experiences that you can play. Um, so... Moving on, game number 77, NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Boom shakalaka. Oh, yeah. Is this the new one or the yes. one from for the Super This Nintendo? came out, I think, in 2008. This okay. was kind of a reimagined new sequel to NBA Jam. And so it kind of had, you know, 3D models and, you know, they scanned in all the players' faces and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. still played just like old school two-on-two arcade NBA Jam. Um one thing I really liked about this game is they did a great job with adding in characters or players from every era. So like you picked, you know, the Celtics, you could play as, you know, Larry Bird, Bill Russell, some of the old greats, as well as like the current players and newer players at the time. So did a really good job with the roster in this game. And there was tons of crazy unlockable um, teams, you know, of course, as well. So. Well, not just unlockable teams. This also came out on uh, mobile, and you can unlock basketballs and different uniforms and all this different stuff. It was just overall, this game was so fun. Yeah, the same original announcers as the original game, so (laughs) lots of fun narration and uh, commentary as well in that game. Um, So our final game that we'll be talking about today, this is game number 76. This is our 25th game on the list that we've talked about today. (laughs) You didn't know that jingle was. Yes, that is Wii Sports. Um, We figured this game was such an iconic game that, you know, got so many people into gaming. We had to put it on our list here. It's the only game I've ever played with my mom and older sister. Wow. <laughs> yes, and that's saying a lot. That is yeah. why it is on this list. Is because you could get anyone to play this one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're listening right now, you may have played about half these games we've talked about so far. If you you're a pretty experienced gamer, but everyone who's listening to this has played Wii Sports. Like this is something that everyone has done. It has sold over you know 120 100 million million copies. copies or whatever. It was bundled in with the Wii and was you know one of the the best launch games and was really a reason to buy that console for two years. It was a system seller. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, really awesome. You know, got- what was your, what was your guys' favorite sport of the, of the different sports? Mine was, uh, I'm going to say baseball was mine. Baseball was really, really yeah. I like baseball. Um, for me, it was probably the tennis. Tennis was really good. That was the best multiplayer. Yeah. One. Probably tennis or maybe bowling, tennis or bowling. One of those. Two. That's what I was going to say. I, I really liked the bowling one. Yeah, the bowling was probably my favorite. I think I spent more time doing that one than any yeah, of the bowling others. Bowling had, you know, so many little tricks to it where like you could master certain spins and throws and stuff, and it was a lot of fun to master. But anyways, that is our first twenty-five games in our top one hundred list. Uh, feel free to yell at us on Twitter and let us know uh, what games you disagreed with or what games better be on the top seventy-five that we have not talked about yet. We'd exactly. love to hear your thoughts at Halison underscore Games on Twitter. All right, moving on to our uh, next segment today. We are going to be talking about some E3 predictions. Uh, we thought we would keep it to two predictions per person, and we will uh, check in next week and see if we got any of our predictions right. So, Nathan, um, let's start us off. We, Go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was going to say, we did try and do some predictions earlier this uh, yes. <laughs> few weeks ago on uh, YouTube. We live-streamed it, but apparently my mic was off or something. I couldn't share, so you guys didn't hear any of my predictions. So. Yes. Yeah. We and did it, make it, some other predictions, but exactly, it's now known as the lost episode, basically. Yes. So, so if you have to dig through the archives <laughs> of the internet to find it. It is only available on YouTube, and it's not the best thing to listen to. But hey, if you want more Halo games, guys, go check it out. Um, so, Nathan, start us off. What is your first E3 prediction? What All do you right. think is going to happen? My first E3 prediction: Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, will appear during Nintendo's E3 happenings, probably during their e- uh, direct, and announce that either Minecraft Steve or Banjo-Kazooie is going to be a playable character in Smash. <laughs> Banjo that and Smash would be epic. Ridiculous, hilarious, and I really want Banjo and Smash. <laughs> Microsoft has kept keeps talking about how they're open to partnering with everyone. They did yeah. the Minecraft stuff recently with Nintendo. Like it, Nintendo. It's possible. Exactly. It's crazy I feel like sounds. they kind of want to play together. 
Um, Banjo obviously makes sense because of the 64 games. I think Minecraft, Steve, just because Minecraft is such a cool Minecraft cool is thing. more relevant. So one of those yeah. two, one of these two, those two characters. I'm going to laugh prediction. when it's uh, Master Chief. Oh, gosh. No guns at Smash Bros. <laughs> they kick Snake out for a reason. Um, so I'm going to kind of give my prediction next year because it kind of goes almost similar to what Nathan just said there. But I think uh, Rare Replay is going to get announced for the Switch. Um, this was obviously a collection of all the best Rareware games um, that came out on Xbox One a few years ago. But I think, you know, if Phil Spencer did come and announce, you know, Smash Bros. character like that, he would also say, hey, you guys want Rare Replay? Check it out. Now come into Switch. That game would sell like hotcakes on the Switch. It has both Banjo-Kazooie oh, games, so a bunch of other 64 classics, and, you know, many other games. So I would love to see that game on the Switch. It was only $20, I think, too, um, when it came out. So love to see a nice cheap collection of classic games that come out on the switch and um yeah rare replay on the switch make it happen i'd love to see it do it Rob. uh so <clears throat> my first one is uh fallout 76 which is the new fallout game that was just announced yep that they're kind of hinting at i believe that they're going to make a full announcement and that it's going to be a spin-off game that kind of feels like a cross between uh fallout shelter uh with the whole you have your your base of operations and you can oh, build onto it and, and that you're maintaining and... uh destiny one's tower where you had a home base but you went out on missions like mm. uh normal one and social then space. Meets, yeah. yeah social space uh that's where the multiplayer aspect comes into play a lot meets new vegas because you know fallout new vegas was kind of a spinoff of fallout 3 kind of its own thing Sort of went out of you know a different direction, but still felt very Fallouty. So cool. I'm feeling like they're going to announce this as kind of the fully fledged 3D Fallout game, but as almost a spinoff. Yeah, that's some good thoughts. I never really put together, but I could see that happening now that you you put it that yeah, way. No, that, cool. that makes a lot of sense. Want to say any city you think it'll happen happen in particularly? Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of hints are that somewhere in Virginia. Virginia, D.C. Take area, maybe. D.C., <laughs> but, I mean, they already did Fallout 3 there, so what I really want, I really hope to go north. Let's go to New York. New York. Oh, that'd be insane. Ooh, that would be crazy. <laughs> cool. I want a fully-fledged New York. All right, well, we will see in just a few days. All right, Nathan, back to you. All right, uh, my second prediction is Assassin's Creed Odyssey that was recently confirmed is a full-on RPG where you can create a custom character. No longer will you get you be assigned a character. You can create your own character, male or female, whatever it is. You can customize their appearance, how they look, their hair, everything. You think they would do something like what Mass Effect did, where like they just had two voice actors, a guy and a girl, and you just like a male writer, female writer type thing? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But I'm gonna say I think they give you way more control over how your character looks. Like it'll be almost like Skyrim or Oblivion levels of character customization how, as far with as like their eyes and how stuff like that. How controlling Ubisoft's been with the story in the direction of Assassin's Creed. I find this one hard to believe, but I would very much welcome this change. I think that they saw AC Origins went into RPG mechanics a lot. Yeah, I think they're leaning more well. into it, was received well, and I think... With how do- much AC Origins took from Witcher 3, particularly? Yeah. I mean, you know, with a lot of just the kind of freedom to go wherever you want and do whatever you want, that was a pretty set character, but I feel like Assassin's Creed, out of any of the... This could be the one. I, right. I, I don't want to- I want it. I want it. You want it. Okay, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Jeff, what's your second prediction? Um, for me, it's uh, another Nintendo-related one with uh, Super Mario Odyssey is getting DLC. It's going to happen. We've never really gotten an official paid DLC pack. We've gotten small costume updates. We've got the Luigi's Balloon World, which was fun to mess around with for a little bit. But we're going to get Super Mario DLC. It's going to be announced. I'm guessing there's going to be two packs, a kind of a season pass style where there'll be one that comes out this summer, then another one that comes out this fall. And they can just pretty much just throw in a whole new kingdom. You know, this kingdom has 80, 80 uh, you know, moons to go collect. Boom, go explore. I think one of them will be all new world, and then one will be kind of a mixed mash of past Mario um, kind of tributes, like maybe some Mario 64, you know, Thwomp's Fortress mixed together with part of Delfino Isle mixed in with maybe some outer space stuff with Galaxy. Um, I like it. I would love to see, yeah, some some new Mario Odyssey content because it, Nintendo has been devoted to doing deal, DLC for its big games, and Mario Odyssey doesn't have anything yet, but 
Are we allowed to? Could it be like a E3 comes out this week style (laughs) thing, or do you think it'll be like July or something Um, like that for the first pack? I feel like yeah, it would probably be July or something. I I think Fortnite's going to drop as soon as the direct goes. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, That's a pretty safe bet, I think. But yeah, I think they're going to save it for the summer sometime because they don't really have anything coming out other than the Splatoon expansion this summer. True. After Mario Tennis. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Rob, were you going to add on to it? Oh, I was going to say, do you think they'll add like uh, Galaxy had the option that once you beat the game, you can play as Luigi? Do you think they'll add something like that? Hey, I'll throw my money even faster if you give me that option. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let me play me. as Luigi. Don't just force him to be a balloon man for all eternity. <laughs> I like it. Um, my last uh, prediction is I believe Naughty Dog will show off Last of Us Part Two. Um, and it's already confirmed, Rob. It's <laughs> already confirmed. With an announcement that it will come out spring 2019. Spring 2019. So within a year. So it's within a year of right now. Yeah. And actually, after seeing the PlayStation kind of teasing that sort of thing, I'm actually thinking they might do it early. Because they, you know, they said one of their franchises, they'll announce the release date. Uh, I think that'll be something like Dreams or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Do you think so? Yeah, I I would be very surprised since they already talked about how they're doing Last of Us Part Two as a big focus on during their actual E3 showing. But that's a that's a bold prediction, Rob. Very bold. Spring Spring 2019. 2019. I'm feeling it. Okay, so I'm gonna follow up on that. Spring 2019. Will it actually come out? Spring 2019. Like chances of it (laughs) being delayed into fall 2019. Um, does like delay I feel like Last of Us Part Two and not, or I feel like Naughty Dog in general doesn't delay games super often. They did with Uncharted Four. Uncharted, they did a lot, but um... but normally it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, so I say... feel like we're gonna hit pretty close to right on the mark. We're gonna hit within spring or summer. Spring or summer, cool. Okay. Like if it does we... get delayed, it would get delayed like three months. Yeah, the original Last of Us I think came out in June, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, could totally fit there. Great, so those are our E3 predictions. We are excited. I haven't been this excited for an E3 in a, a long time. I'm just excited to get Smash back in on the show. I, I'm so excited see to more see Smash. Sony stuff um, and... That's probably my most most anticipated. What what are yours? Is yours Smash as well? Um, yep, just seeing the new character reveals for Smash is always what gets me the most excited. Um, Sakurai confirmed today that he's going to be in the direct presentation and stuff, and then. You know, I'm I'm guessing Nintendo's going to have a surprise or two up their sleeves as well. So yep. I'd love to see, you know, that rumored Star Fox game or, you know, some other new game coming out this year as well. Cool. Rob, what's your most anticipated? Uh, up until about a week ago, it was Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> but okay. with the big drop of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I have you switched converted my back focus. to your roots. My <laughs> love of Assassin's Creed is coming back out, so I'm super stoked to see what customized character i can make hey, ooh, at, i at like least, it rob at least keep, you keep know it on me at least you know I like that it. one I'm, of your I'm favorite series it. is coming back um i'd never think i'm gonna get an f-zero game coming back that's one of my favorite <laughs> series so cherish it cherish it Nathan, I, I will, what are you looking forward to um just smash as well or mine is either smash or uh i'm really interested in ghost of tsushima as well for the oh, yeah. ps4 that game oh, looks, yeah. we haven't seen like anything about that game i think that premise sounds really awesome and it's with a developer that has done really great games in the past with the infamous series yeah. so i'm excited to they see know that. how to do open world so yep be cool to see how it turns out awesome so we're gonna jump into what we have been playing um i want to talk real quick about mario tennis aces because they had an online demo come out this weekend and here's how you knew it was a good demo that sold me on the game. Uh, this morning, I wanted to play the demo, but I couldn't, and it was down, and I was sad. So like, I think that tells you, you know, okay, this is a game I, I'm going to want to get. This is you know, going to be a solid game. I really, really enjoyed my time with the demo. Aside from the lag, there was a very bad lag problem in yes. the demo. Like Every three or four matches would just kind of almost be a terrible input lag, and Made it kind of unplayable, so I'm glad there's a lot of single-player stuff to do if the online's not as great as I'm hoping, but, man, it's a lot of fun to play online tennis as well. I've never had an online tennis game, so excited for this game. I had a lot of fun. I think I won, like, six tournaments in the end, so I, I'm uh, pretty excited to, to get more into that game. 
I was very bad at it, but I felt like the more I played, I actually started to learn a little bit and do a little bit better. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that excited me because I I think I can get a little bit better at the game. And I also played it for like two hours, which is probably more than any of the other Nintendo, like Splatoon 2 or ARMS uh, Arms demos. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. I I really like the new gameplay mechanics that it makes it really deep, but it's also pretty balanced too. So good. Good to see that game shaping up well. Other than that, just played... uh, Lots of Destiny 2. Uh, we got a raid together this weekend, which I don't know if you want to talk about, Nathan. But uh... Yeah, Nathan, share, share your, your horror stories okay, of guys. Destiny 2. So th- this is where I'm at with Destiny 2. haven't played in a long time, but uh, one of my good friends called me, I think it was Saturday night, and was like, hey, we're going to try and – or Sunday night. We're going to try and play the raid. Um, you, you and Nathan, I was like, okay, fine. I'll be persuaded. I'll play. I've never actually finished the raid in Destiny 2. So. You'd played parts. I'd played parts of it, It had been yeah. a while. But it had been a while, and I had never finished it. So we jumped in, played it for maybe like three hours Sunday night, got pretty far, got to the last part, the last encounter, and we couldn't beat it. It was pretty late, so we went to bed. We're like, all right, we'll finish it Monday night. Go back in there Monday night with the same group of people. Um, took us maybe 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah. We finally beat it, and as we're like finishing the final boss like his head I see is exploding my, i see my thing saying contacting destiny 2 servers i get disconnected from the psn uh party chat i'm like oh no don't disconnect please please as the boss goes down i get kicked from the game it says disconnected back to the destiny 2 title oh. screen and i'm like oh man well at least maybe i got the trophy pop i looked at the trophies to see if it popped and i got the in-game rewards as well didn't pop i was not able to get the credit for beating the destiny 2 raid and then like we were all still waiting we're like wait where's nathan like he was just here a second ago like oh he must have got kicked so we got him back in the party chat we're talking to him like oh yeah here join our party so you can open up the chest and get the rewards because you know we beat the boss you were here when we beat it and he's like oh the trophy didn't pop for me and it's saying i can't join you so i get no rewards like yeah, and then you did the, all that work, and you didn't even get the exactly. final like rewards. I felt so oh, bad. Oh my god, I was so so terrible. And then here's how awesome uh, my friends are. They're like, "Hey, we will rerun it just to help you be able to to beat the raid." And then, um, so we tried that. Played for like 30 minutes. Jeff, you had to leave. Had another guy jump in. Played it for like another hour, and everyone was just too tired, and we started playing really badly. So. <laughs> I still have not officially completed the Destiny 2 raid. Hey, you've completed it in my book. And okay, you, thank you. You've you've gained gained enough skills, and I think with our team, if we hit again another week, we can we can crank it out again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. If, but if it's so unfortunate <laughs> that you know of all the timings for it to crash on you. Yeah, exactly. This as was, the boss is I dying. I was so upset. I'm still like kind of salty <laughs> at Destiny 2. Like I, I'm gonna need a couple weeks yeah. to be able to want to play it. Again. This actually kind of <laughs> reminds me of back in D1 when. I did a Taking King raid for the first time with the group, and my power actually went out right similar to Nathan. We were on like the final strike of the boss, and we're about to defeat him. And so I literally called you, Nathan, and you were such a good friend. You let me come over to your house <laughs> and play Destiny on your house. Do you remember this? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah you and it was like I a Saturday play, morning. Logged into Nathan's PS4, and I finished the raid with my five friends who waited for me at your house. So yep. I know that could, that is just insanely frustrating to yes. not be able to do that, but. Very I think sad. overall, we still had a good time. We'll get some good camaraderie. Yeah. Yep. And that was a fun jumping in there for sure. But and maybe one day you'll beat that raid. Maybe one day. You will. We'll you will. Rob, what, uh, did you have anything else? Jeff? Yeah, that, that was that, all I wanted that, to talk about. That's all I got too. Rob, what have you been playing? You've been gone for like three weeks. So I've been gone. So I had to kind of narrow it down to sort of the highlight reel, so yep. to speak. So um, been playing... Played a little bit more Telltale Batman. I am on the... I have not started the last episode yet, but I finished the episode right before that. Um, I got sucked into Assassin's Creed Origins because I was kind of like, oh, I should get back into it. And I had like 20 minutes or so to play it, and so I played <laughs> it for three later. hours. <laughs> exactly, I called it. Um, and I am very close to beating the game. I feel like I... Just, I keep getting distracted by side quests. Classic Rob. Well, are you like motivated at this point since you feel like you're close? Are you like, I don't want it to end yet. I'm going to keep doing side quests. That's how it kind of was with Breath of the Wild. I feel like, or I feel are you like just like, I want to, I want to crank it out and finish it. I feel like right now I'm in that, which makes it. This is one of the reasons why I put it as a top 100 game is because I think right now I'm just so motivated to get stuff done, but I don't want it to end. 
Mm, yeah. So I yeah, keep I playing feeling. side missions. I keep delaying. I'm like, oh, maybe I should be a little higher level. Oh, maybe I need to do that. Oh, I should do that first. I should explore here first. I should do this. So I keep doing all these things before I finish the mission. I have like, you know, and the missions are always like, oh my goodness, the world's ending. You got to get here as soon as you can. I'm like, eh, I can wait. <laughs> so that's been, I've really been enjoying it. I've been putting a lot of time into it. I um, I actually had a really fun achievement the other day. I got all legendary armor and weapons equipped. Nice. Wow. That's So I felt, I felt really pro. So I was like, I was like, dude, I have like some of the best armor, best weapons. I have a legendary horse a legendary camel and get this a chocobo from oh you got Final the Fantasy. chocobo i did that i did that ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny and Such a random crossover the weirdest crossover ever but uh, i will say the final fantasy sword that they give you is one of the best swords i've had so is it really is it's it real. like the buster what's sword the, and it's like huge what's like your favorite style of weapon in that game like do you like the kind of so, two swords one sword spear there's a bunch of different types i I experimented a little bit with a lot of them really early on and i kind of settled with the single sword and shield um and uh as my secondary weapon i've been using the really big battle axe so like if i have to so like if i'm playing if i'm playing most people just take down with sword but if i have to fight a heavy or something like that or like there's some war elephants later on in the game that you have to fight, and I've used the axe a few times for those. Hmm. Um, and then as far as uh, bows are concerned, I use the hunter's bow and the predator bow. Nice. Kind of plays to... I, like I like a little bit of stealth, but when you know it hits the fan, <laughs> the light bow is super fun. Gotta, gotta go at it. really quickly. Yeah, so... Um, it's just fun gameplay fun stories i i've really gotten attached to even some of the people who do the side quests like people who aren't even part of the main story i'm like this is one of my favorite characters in the whole game good right and you literally are only for one mission wow that's impressive it's been really enjoyable um and like i said i would say it's top three assassin's creed games all time cool you like the setting of egypt I love the setting. I love how beautiful it is, how well yeah, they made the looks, graphics it and everything. It's just super gorgeous. And also, one of my favorite features is the water. <laughs> Damn water graphics. I don't I like agree. the water graphics. crocodiles and they freak the me out. The water graphics are You have to play educational mode. Gorgeous. There's no crocodiles. You can just ride your boat around and listen to, like, audio tours. It's great. That's what I did. Dude, but no, not just being, like... Not just being on the water, being in the water. Like, swimming in the water is Wait, super I thought fun. you can't swim in water in Assassin's Creed. No, you can swim all... <laughs> oh, there's you a can whole swim. other world underneath the water in this one. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, there's, like, actually temples you have to explore that are underwater. So, it's super cool. Um, I've also been playing... Run? So, working through the Steam library, uh, played the, the Bureau, which is one of the XCOM games. Okay. Um, it was, it's weird. It's a third person for uh, third person shooter with squad based tactics um, versus all the XCOM games, which are tactical shooters, you know, or, you know, like squad based, like you're controlling turn based, almost like um, Mario versus Rabbids is the exact same formula as okay. XCOM. Yeah, yeah. But the Bureau XCOM is more like Rainbow Six or uh, Tom Clancy game. Is it fun? No. Okay. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. right. Well, I okay. Settle that. The the game's okay. I have not enjoyed it as much as I could. I played about an hour. So I don't think I'll. Minutes. I don't think I'll play anymore. I think I'm gonna move on. Um, I will probably enjoy the XCOM, the other XCOM games more than this one, but this one was just kind of a. Eh. And here's the exciting part. That was my last game. That begin with the letter B. Woo! Dropping so, to the seas. Finished a letter. Only another fifty years to go. <laughs> I did say that by the end of this year I would finish. I think I said F or E. I can't remember. I you said D. Well, D. We'll have to go you back. Got your and work look. cut out for sure. Yeah, you you have your Either work way, cut I got, out. I got some work to way. do. So 
Oh, that's okay. And then also, Steam did this thing this last week where they were like, hey, we'll reward you if you play some of your random games in your library that you haven't played. Okay. And so one of the games that they made me play was Super 3D Noah's Ark, which is uh, based off of the old school original Doom model. It was a mod for that. What? And you literally have a slingshot, and you have to go around and feed all the animals on Noah's Ark, and they can fall asleep. Do they attack you Wait. if you don't feed them? Yeah, they spit at you, and they can hurt you. It literally has like the health module and everything for Doom. It so is it's literally like Doom. a reskin Doom, but you're feeding animals. It's Noah's Ark, yeah. You're feeding animals, <laughs> putting them to sleep. It is the stupidest Based on concept a ever. True story. <laughs> Super yeah. 3D Noah's Ark. It is the stupidest concept ever, and there's like seven levels, and then or six or seven level like you know, uh, worlds, yeah, area type things, and then there's like a couple of secret ones, and I've already finished three of the levels. Hey, wow. I wish I could have played this game in Sunday school. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it is so stupid and extremely easy to just jump right in and just play a level, and super addictive and. I am not ashamed to say that I've played it more than I have some of the other games this week. <laughs> Except Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> oh, that's good. Cool. Anything so, else? Nope. I mean, I have other things I've played, but I feel like I've talked long enough. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I think it's about time to wrap up our show. Um, like I said, next week will be E3. Look forward to seeing the rest of our top 100 games list. And we also will have some fun giveaways we're doing for episode 100. Right? We might be actually giving away a game that we have talked about on this very episode, on episode 100. So uh, <gasps> tease you guys a little Ooh. bit. So look forward to those announcements. And we will leave you with the main theme from Fire Emblem Awakening. So enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Have a good E3, everyone. Peace. All right, see ya.